definitely human. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. guys welcome to back to earth a podcast about roots i'm charlie may this is episode 14 it's spring and i'm in the garden with mum picking rhubarb she's just told me that it's over 40 years old which is a bit bonkers i've never met any fruit plant that's older than i am but we are picking some today so it doesn't rot and go to waste and we're going to go inside and make a chutney our first recipe this is a cooking show within a farming show what other shows will we discover within this one hopefully not a horror show what you're supposed to do is you're not supposed to cut it you're supposed to twist it but they're so big yeah they are huge aren't they they're a couple of inches wide the stalks that's how they're supposed to come off you see oh it's so pretty and pink what's the variety Uh, one's timpani one's victoria this might be timpani i don't know which is which because we've been meaning to pick this for a few months haven't we really well we found a lovely recipe for rhubarb chutney which is what this is all about (laughs) Come on, baby. So, yeah, we thought first for the podcast we could do a little cooking. Are. Lovely. Now, these tops have got to come off because th- these leaves are poisonous. Oh, yes. So they go in the compost heap. Okay. Mind my fingers. Mind your fingers. Hold that. Nice. Okay, so we are making, it's called Easy Plopping Away Rhubarb Chutney. Um, So we've picked the rhubarb and I just need to tidy it up, don't I? Cut off the ends, get rid of any of the, what are they, like papery bits. We do love chutney. I feel like everything gets made into a chutney in this house. You do the rhubarb, I'll do the onion. That's the best thing about having contact lenses, is that I don't cry. (laughs) Yeah, this is, that's a sharper knife. So I guess we should, I will just read out kind of the ingredients of what we've got here. So it wants 900 grams of rhubarb, 900 grams of sugar, 450 grams of sultanas, one pint of vinegar, 25 grams of salt, 25 grams of powdered ginger, one onion, finely chopped, and half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. I did this banging chutney over Christmas. It was a butternut squash and it had loads of ginger and cinnamon and it was really fragrant and delicious. I'm all about the chutney. I'm going to bring the pan over to the middle. Okay. And then we can throw the ingredients straight into it. Okay. So it's very easy because it only takes 10 minutes to prep everything and then you just bung it in and it just 
off and away. Because once it's all chopped, it only takes an hour to cook and you heave all the ingredients in at the same time. So it should be simple. We're doing it exactly as the recipe calls for today, but I feel like usually I would do a bit less sugar than the recipe wants because I don't like anything too sweet. There we go. How many uh, jars does this make? Well, Six I was just, to eight. I've washed the jars yesterday um, and I've put those in the agar to sterilise overnight, but I'm just wondering whether I've put enough in. I ought to do some more. So one pint is 20 fluid ounces, is it? Oh, yeah. There we okay. go. Got it. Oh my Just goodness. Come out fast. Okay. So we're cooking on Mum's Arga, so it's quite an unusual. Is it quite an old fashioned sort of cooking stove? It's a Swedish stove that heats the room, heats the hot water, and it's a way of cooking inside. You do as much as you can inside the oven rather than on the top. Once you've got things starting to bubble, you can then put them in one of the four ovens, depending on how hot you want it, and it cooks in that, so you don't have to waste heat by having all the top lids open. Everything's it's genius, done on it. isn't it? Yeah, you can it's really tell the feel in the house is different if the agar goes out, because it's oil fueled isn't it so yes. it really is the kind of heart of the house it warms the house so we'll just let that come to the Our chutney is on the heat on the heat and it will start to bubble in a minute and when it does i'll take it off the hot hob and move it across to the slow one and that's it Perf. now we wait clear away our mess yeah bling 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 that's the sound of an hour passing by the chutney is now ready it's been bubbling away everything is broken down and we're about to jar it up Nice and thick, and it's turned a nice dark brown in colour. Mm. It's looking absolutely lovely and tastes Actually, even better. The rhubarbs aren't even in chunks anymore, are they? They've completely disintegrated yes. as rhubarb does. Yeah, there's a few little lumps in there. Mm. But so we've got the jars all sterilised. This little one is what I call for tail end Charlie. That's I <laughs> fill up the bigger, the ordinary size jars first, and I always have a little one on the side, and that's my little taster jar. I eat that one first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got a little funnel. So I've got a funnel which I put over the jar, and then I've got soup ladle. Yeah, do you want me to soup ladle it? Yeah, now try not to spill it everywhere. You know me. That's it, in she goes. So we let that go cold, and then we put the lids on and label it. And then we're ready for a tasting. Give it a couple of days. Love it. So it's a gorgeous sunny day here, um, very spring day with a nice cool breeze, but the sun is beating down. I actually put some sun cream on today because I keep forgetting to do that and I burnt the top of my ears um, last week and I had a very red face at the end of one evening. We were sat in the garden all day and yeah, in the evening I looked very burnt. Um, so being more cautious now that I'm an outdoor gal. <laughs> oh, so I'm just in the greenhouse at the moment. The tomatoes smell amazing. They've grown really big since we planted them. And um, they've got flowers on. We've got the door open. The bumblebees are coming in and pollinating the tomatoes. We've got little tomatoes showing, little green jewels on the plants. So the garden's really come into its own the last few months. I've really got my Stardew Valley farm complete. Um, I've got the tomatoes growing in the greenhouse, like I just said. We've got runner beans climbing up bamboo poles. 
I've got six rows of strawberries in front of me that we've got little strawberries coming on them. They're still green at the moment. We've got butterhead lettuces and cut and come again lettuce, spinach, cabbages, Brussels sprouts, garlic, onions, purple sprouting broccoli, cauliflower and butternut squash. Everything is in neat little rows, lots of gorgeous different colours of greens and purples. We've got two beds full of raspberry bushes that are really like popping up and looking quite full and lush. And we've got the tabry bush that we discussed in earlier episodes. All the fruit is sort of coming in that. It's a very dark red at the moment and we just need a bit more sunshine to kind of plump everything up. But the bees are busy buzzing around in the garden and everything is just growing right in front of my eyes. And I can't believe how beautiful it all looks. It's been a bit of a difficult time against the rabbits. We have put up the rabbit defense system which had a few holes in and they were sort of uh, creeping in and we lost a few of our cabbage plants and lettuces. But we've now blocked everything up with compost bags in any hole we could find um, and now they can no longer get in. So everything has actually had a chance to sort of re-sprout and grow and we did a good job at nipping that in the bud. One thing that I think I appreciate so much about having a garden Um, It's just things to do every day and to get a bit of a routine and then to obviously get the enjoyment of seeing things growing right in front of your eyes just from your sort of like tender and loving care. Um, I've really needed distractions, I think, um, through the pandemic. I think a lot of people have. You know, we we touched upon in the second episode about how we were trying to get pregnant and um, a few months ago we managed to, but then we lost it, unfortunately, and that was really tough. Um, you know, we thought finally it's been two years of trying and like finally this is it for us and unfortunately not. It's just not going to be that easy for us. So I have been throwing myself into gardening, into projects, into landscaping, everything. And I found it's just really helped me to sort of switch off that kind of internal monologue, just like nagging away and worrying too much about stuff and just enjoying the little things and sort of seeing the seasonality of things and sort of reconnecting with nature in that way has really helped me a lot. But yeah, anyway, um, from little things to really big things, we are on our way to have the vineyard being planted. Finally, the vines are going into the ground. I'm so excited. It's been so many months in the making. Um, And finally, I can now watch my vineyard our dreams grow. So I'm currently stood in the vineyard field and the tractor's going up and down. It's planted about six rows so far. It's got a nifty plough on the back that parts the soil either side. So what's happening is two men are sat on the back and they're feeding this giant wheel the vines and they're getting planted in and then the soil gets sort of scooped in behind. So these guys have come over from Germany. They've started way up in Scotland and they've slowly moved down over the country, finishing here in Devon. They got delayed by two weeks because of the rain. The sites were completely waterlogged down in Cornwall and Dorset and they had to sort of switch around where they were going uh, and they've ended up here. But the soil is so beautiful. It's like perfectly powdery. It's still quite damp in underneath. Um, It retains good moisture. So yeah, I'm really happy with it. I'm just following in behind the tractor now, doing some little videos of it being planted. The little ding, ding sound you can hear is um, the little wheel planting the vines in and then moving on to the next one. Oh, it's so windy. So cute. So they've been grafted onto rootstocks. um, So they've got kind of a little scar along the top and they've been sealed in dark green wax. Um, just to protect the tree whilst it heals. 
everything's so uniform and precise everything's done by gps everything looks amazing i'm stood alongside one of the rows now and yeah either way you're looking it's straight up and straight along so precise it's amazing wow this is all happening so fast We've got so much to figure out um, in terms of the vineyard business. Uh, Some of you may remember my business partner, Ben, who we talked to briefly in episode three. Well, he's taken a week out of his time to come down to Devon and stay with us, Ben and his family, um, to talk wine, drink wine, figure out our business and where we go from here now that the vines are in the ground. It was surprisingly productive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We went to go see a local vineyard, didn't we, that just opened up. They planted a year or two before us. It was interesting to see him. He's obviously gone through a lot of ups and downs already. I'm sort of secretly hoping that because he's a couple of years ahead of us, we can learn from his mistakes and navigate not doing the same ones. Yeah, no, it'd be good to catch up with him again. It was uh, just working with people and seeing how they're doing locally is super helpful for us. Already we've got some equipment that he overbought that we can get at a cheaper price, so it saves us money. So hopefully there'll be lots more stuff like that in the future. Yeah, so true. And I think some of the more expensive things that we're worried about like fruit tractors and things like that you know we could potentially share equipment and costs and i don't know labor knowledge like everything really yeah definitely i mean you look at the size of his field and ours i mean the fruit tractor does seem like quite a big expense yeah when (laughs) we could do like a lot of it could be done by hand with like we spoke about having people come down and hang out and have fruit picking parties and chill out in the evening Literally every single person I've told about the vineyard is like, let me know when you need a hand, I am there. So I don't think we're going to be short of yeah, helpers. Yeah. No, it's good, it, especially to come down here. I mean, we've just been coming down here, seeing all the field planted. Planted yeah. <laughs> up, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it just makes it makes it a lot more real and more exciting. I know it all seemed like a bit of a dream until yeah, it got planted up and now it's actually happening. We've done half a field at the moment, so we've got a thousand Solaris vines and a thousand Sauvignon, which is the Riesling Sauvignon cross. Hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, and we are thinking of doing three wines. So we've got a still white in mind, a sparkling white in mind for the Solaris and then just the still for the Sauvignon, but then also maybe trying some blends and see what works there. Yeah, and that's sort of where we've got to make decisions now. So now before we plant the next half of the field, we'd sort of nail down exactly what we want. Because obviously each decision is like four years in the works. Yeah, exactly. I have to get and it sparkling right. like eight years. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I have to get it right. Um, maybe try some red so we can put a rosé together. Yeah, we're definitely not going to try and do a red wine because I just we don't have the sunshine for that. But we'd like to do a rosé, wouldn't we? Yeah, uh, rosés, British rosés, really good. We haven't come up with a brand name yet, but we have come up with the name for our different wines, haven't we? We took a look at some of the like field names on the farm and locations, and you wanted to keep it kind of location based. Yeah, not to the extent where a lot of vineyards have their name sort of plastered on the front. We didn't want to do that because obviously we're not that established. We're not established at all. And the grapes we're using aren't like traditional like Chardonnay or Pinot. So we wanted to have names that really stood out and then we can sort of market those how we want. So next steps, we'll be sorting out the trellising. Yeah. So because obviously it's super windy up here. Which we were worried. I mean, actually, I think that was something that was good about going to see that guy's vineyard is we wanted to trellis as soon as possible because we were worried about the wind. But actually, we've been given tree guards and like steel stakes. And I think they're going to be pretty snug because the guard completely covers the tree. So we don't need to worry about wind burn on the leaves or anything for a few years. Yeah. And speaking to Matt 
down at the Lob Wines. He said he only lost about three vines out of a thousand. Yeah, because um, they warned us it was going to be 10, 20%. Yeah, and it was pretty windy where he was. So if we get to a point in the next couple of months where it's better weather anyway, it's middle of the summer, and then we get the more secure steel trellising up afterwards, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's going to be fine. That would be really good. I think, yeah, there's so much to learn. He was doing sort of um, viticulture courses and stuff at the moment. And yeah, things like chopping down. Well, yeah, it's all pruning. Like it's literally yeah. all pruning making sure that our vines are amazing in the next four years is just like cutting them at right times and some of his he'd cut right back to like two buds and yeah it was yeah, it was so amazing to see i was saying after the first year they sort of grow to about three or four foot and then you just have to cut them in half again and just yeah, it's a bit heartbreaking yeah <laughs> you could see he looked pretty upset when he had to do that but yeah it's interesting to see how all, a lot of the vines are just all completely different heights yeah there wasn't much consistency in it so yeah. i suppose that's why you need the four-year period for to probably have a chance at growing they were just growing up they weren't growing out yet so it's quite a bit of work considering i mean some of his were three years years. and they looked to me as if they were like two years i thought they were going to be like proper vines at three years so yeah yeah, i think i imagine they're probably going to do a lot of growing over the last couple of months but yeah that's true be interesting to pop down there around then. And he didn't have the wind guard that we have, which actually now looking at it, some of them have snapped off and we need to replace them and they haven't even made the winds at the moment. So yeah, TBC on the wind guard in the vineyard. Yeah. We have um, done some pretty good work on like what we want the bottles to look like, haven't we? Like We wanted to do a really nice thin slender shape for one of them or like a Riesling style bottle for the Sauvignette and then like a more stocky one for the yeah, like, still solaris like yeah like a traditional sort of heavier bottle for the it still is a solaris. more complex wine it's yeah. not as easy drinking it's more like thoughtful and mysterious yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and then well, yeah, your standard bottle for the sparkling which seems like a long way off now yeah so, yeah it's weird planning stuff that's sort of going to come to fruition in 2030 yeah oh my god that's so strange we're hoping to have about twenty-five thousand bottles a year yeah. From, from 2024 anything over that you're sort of giving up on the quality a bit and, and we, we'd rather build slowly we've all, we've got other stuff going on at the moment so while we build it slowly um, we can work out exactly the right way to do it instead of just saying bang let's do 100 acres and see what happens because that can go, that could go very wrong <laughs> I think as you were saying you know it's so unusual for people to start a vineyard at our age we should be using that to our advantage and sort of being a bit more contemporary and fresh and the fact that you know in 20 years time we'll still be young enough to sit and enjoy like all this work that we're putting in now yeah, especially with the sparkling taking eight years mm. and another 10 years to establish ourselves. So we'll, we'll be in our early 50s when everything's starting to really take shape and we can sit back and enjoy it. And that's still relatively young. My life's flashing before <laughs> my eyes. It's just rushing by. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really exciting. It's good just to see it all happening now as well, yeah. rather than just us talking about it from hundreds yeah. of miles away. Yeah, exactly. We've met many Zoom calls and like attempts at meetings and between all the other things we've both got going on. <laughs> little Rafe running and Lexi quickly yeah. taking him in the other direction. You brought your son up this week. Obviously, this is something you want him to grow up with, being on the vineyard. Yeah, coming from London where he's cooped up in a flat and we haven't got a garden, to coming out here where he can run around. He's got playing on the tractors, running around with the sheep. Yeah, it's a massive change of scenery. I think he'll be massively underwhelmed when he gets back home. <laughs> yeah, he's gone from like playing with his little tractors to actually just yeah. being let loose in a tractor cab and driven around in the gator and he's been loving life. Yeah, he'd see his toy tractor when he gets home and I don't think he's going to be very impressed. <laughs> 
Oh, it was so nice having Ben, Lexi and Rafe here this week. I hope they come back soon so we can build our wine empire and see little Rafe grow up alongside the vineyard like a grapevine made of meat and bones. So cute! In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast and on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod. Music is by John Day. Artwork is by Eric Chow. And this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you and thank you for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week we'll be talking about and drinking wine. Find, wine! <laughs> so annoying. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.